This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So tonight, you can hear it on our air. You got Game 2 Western Conference Finals. Lost a little bit of its luster, obviously, with no Kawhi Leonard. And tomorrow, you got Game 1 as well on our air. Cavaliers and Celtics from up in Boston. But the postseason is not what it used to be. Okay, 20 years ago, you had Heat-Knicks won, first of four straight matchups, and you had, of course, the brawl in game number five. I'm I'm 16 years old at the time. That was the one game that postseason I happened to go to. I'm sitting behind the basket way up in the rafters in Miami Arena, the basket side where P.J. Brown slams Charlie Ward into the crowd, and Katie Baker on the ringer wrote a really cool, put together a really cool oral history. She's on the Orion Fuel and Downstairs Convenience Store's guest line, Truly Steps Beyond Convenience. Katie, thanks a lot for joining us this morning, I guess. Where uh, where does the idea come from to to put together this oral history? Is it as simple as, hey, it's been 20 years, that's a nice round number? Where where did the idea come from to put this together? Well, first of all, I, I wish I knew you were there because I, I would have bothered you to talk. Um, there you go. But, um, <laughs> but we uh, just, you know, at the Ringer, um, it was kind of part of a, you know, big planning editorial meeting with a lot of ideas thrown around and um, – always looking for that kind of story. You know, it's a people love to people love anniversaries. People love heat mix. People hate heat mix. Um, so it just seems like, you know, it's funny is that when I got the assignment, I just assumed it was the, um, the Jeff Van Gundy on Alonzo morning leg brawl. Like, you know, there's so much going on in that series that I didn't even realize it was the first brawl that they were, they were talking about. What uh, what did you find out? What did you learn that maybe you didn't know? Because, I mean, I feel like I knew a lot about that series, knew a lot about those years, because I'm, I'm following it very closely down here back then. But I, I was unaware uh, of the scenario with the judge, okay, where the, the union is trying to get an injunction, trying to get a stay on the suspensions before Game 6 up in New York, and the judge is faced with this conundrum where he's a Knicks fan, and maybe more importantly, his daughter and the boyfriend are huge Knicks fans who are expecting him to, to quote, do the right thing. Yeah, and also his, uh, I think his law clerk's husband was also kind of sending her to work with, you know, threatening messages for the judge. So, yeah, that that was something that, um, I mean, it just made me reflect on how different it was back then in the sense of I was 13 years old. There was no, I mean, there were like, Usenet message boards, but you know you weren't like getting the news right away on Twitter. So my memory from that series as like a um, 12 or 13 year old kid at the time and a huge Knicks fan was just like calling my dad at work and being like, "Are they who have they announced who's suspended?" And um, you know that the the court hearing happened like hours before Game Six. So um, I'm sure a lot of people didn't even kind of know what the news was because. Um, it, you know, it wasn't like this instantaneous, you know, um, information being gathered. So um, it kind of heightened the stakes and made everything feel more dramatic, you know, um, and it, it went on that way for four years. 
Yeah, there was a lot in this piece that I didn't know. I didn't grow up a Heat fan. I'm a huge Heat fan now. So it was really interesting for me because this series was so tied into, of course, the history of the Heat with the addition of of Pat Riley and the tampering and all, all that stuff. You covered all of that and you wrote a beautiful introduction to the actual oral history. I'm curious as a writer, what is the process like? We did notice that it seemed like there was this was a little bit more New York centric, which I guess makes well, sense. Like said, you grew up a Knicks fan. So I think you you it looks like you were able to get in touch with people more on the Knicks side of things. What was the process like in getting this oral history together? Um, yeah, I, it, it involved a lot of kind of trying to just figure out where people are these days. Um, you know, a lot, what was interesting and kind of surprising is that really a lot of people like rejected me and didn't want to talk. And, um, you know, for me, even though I was, I'm a long suffering Knicks fan, it's, it's kind of a happy memory of, of great times of basketball. And, you know, just this time of year in May, just that feeling of like, okay, there's Knicks game tonight. There's Knicks game tomorrow. Um, but you know, for the people involved, it was truly, um, it was a rough series. Um, you know, I tried to see if, if Pat Riley would talk, obviously. No and, chance. Um, no you know, chance. What was, <laughs> yeah, no chance. I mean, what was communicated to me was that it was, it's such a, it was such a brutal series. Um, there's so much animosity between the two teams. Like, he just wasn't interested. But, you know, um, so as a result, um, you know, I was even on the Knicks side, like the, the kind of official guys that, that work for the Knicks, um, they kind of declined en masse. So, um, you know, so I was kind of talking to some other characters, but it was interesting to hear the perspective of someone like John Wallace or Walter McCarty, who are Knicks rookies that season and really had this kind of interesting perspective of joining a team that was, um, that felt internally that it was like this, uh, you know, this was the team that they thought could, you know, maybe beat the, the big bad bulls. What were some of the reasons that guys declined? Because, uh, uh, I mean, it doesn't seem like that big. Like, I understand Pat Riley's not going to do it. He, You know, that piece that Wright Thompson wrote uh, a few weeks ago on ESPN, the magazine, that's very rare to get Riley on the record about that kind of stuff. Okay, so that's how you know. I knew Riley's not going to contribute to this. But, you know, other guys, guys like Alonzo Mourning, Tim Hardaway, even Stan Van Gundy. Like, what were some of the reasons that guys declined on being part of it? Yeah, it's funny that I, you know, I talked to Jeff, but, um, you know, Stan, I think just, I, I think it, it speaks to the the way that both of these teams played each other and kind of, you know, what happened with both of them through the years. Like, it's not like someone like Stan has the most 100% beautiful history in Miami when it comes to, right. you know, just potential questions that might be asked. And not that I was trying to, like, go for any, you know, hot gossip. I, was, <laughs> I just wanted to know, like, what did you see and, um, you know, what was it like? But yeah, I mean, I understand it. I think it's, I think, um, you know, maybe people don't always like understand what the project is going to be like. And, um, you know, so there, and there are some people who kind of had me hanging until the very last minute. Um, I was almost going to wake up at, you know, 5 a.m. yesterday to try to squeeze in one last interview. Um, so, you know, it was quite a process, but it was fun to like unearth people like, like the judge, you know, and to, to talk to someone like Billy Hunter, who, um, you know, was at the end, at the NBA Players Union for so long, and just had some kind of interesting recollections. Katie, they say that time heals all wounds, but personally, in the sports world, I don't feel that's the case. And I'm wondering if a lot of the people that you sat down with, how long did it take before you saw them basically transplant themselves twenty years removed back to that same scenario or the stories that they were talking about? Yeah, who still seemed the most bitter? 
there is there is a lot of like heavy sides of the um, the interview tapes when I listen to them again. Um, <laughs> it was just interesting, like someone like Buck Williams, who who at that point you know kind of came to the team and was a, a veteran player um, and wasn't you know on the team particularly long. Um, he like he would kind of trail off and get mad and. Um, talking to Jeff Van Gundy, like I was kind of surprised at how much he really seems to blame himself um, for what happened, even though, you know, in 97, it was such a, like, you know, 10 different things had to occur in order for, you know, the, the PJ Brown, Charlie Ward fight to happen. Um, and, you know, no one's really expecting that to happen. So you can understand why, you know, he, he maybe wasn't, you know, standing in front of the bench, holding his guys back like instantaneously. So, um, those are kind of, it, it was just interesting to see, like, there really are still just, even though the Knicks went on to win the next three series and kind of, um, I'm sure from your perspective, it was annoying to win the Atlantic and then lose in the first round. And, um, and every game that series went down to like the final second. So, um, but it, yeah, people are, no one from either side seems particularly like kind of vindicated by, by the, the four years. Katie, you illustrate beautifully in your piece the different levels of hatred and the different levels of of animosity towards each other, whether it's the players, the coaches, the organizations, the owners. In your years of covering sports, have you ever seen anything like this where there's so many facets and levels of of hatred that go beyond just the play that's on the court? Yeah, no, I mean, just Pat Riley alone it was such a huge and is such a huge presence. Um, so, you know, just that whole story, if there was, if nothing else, that alone would have been kind of like a, a memorable for, for the ages kind of um, situation. But then you had the Van Gundy brothers, you had um, Alonzo Morning and Larry Johnson who had played together. You had PJ Brown and Chris Childs who played together. Um, you had the fact that Van Gundy was Riley's, you know, former, assistant coach and people who use words like disciples. So um, it was just kind of amazing what, like how many, like as I was doing the the research, like I kept finding kind of more connections that I didn't even realize existed. What stuck out to me the most, if I remember correctly in the article, was when Pat Riley addressed the media in 1995. Because here down here, there's one voice of the Miami Heat, and that's Coach Bolster, especially during the season. Very rare you're going to get any other kind of comments. So it was alarming to me to the point where I read in 95 where Pat Riley addressed the media talking about he was getting stepped on, he was getting promises that were broken. Oh, I mean when he finally left New York. When he finally left New York. And that was one of the things where be careful on what you say because it might come back to bite you in the ass kind of situation where obviously Pat Riley learned from that in 95. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, um, the departure from New York was really just so, I mean, you have like the Knicks went to the NBA finals and then they had one more season and then he, he left at the end of that season, you know, with a fact. So it was, it wasn't like they had floundered for years and you kind of saw it coming. Um, but you know, he really, he really kind of thought in some of his comments at the time that there were, you know, guys like Derek Harper on the team. There's kind of older guys that he didn't necessarily see bringing them back to the final again in the future. And he wanted to have the assurance that he could, um, you know, make personnel changes. And the garden was just so convoluted with layers of uh, organization that he wasn't able to do that with Miami. But like, yeah, he said all that um, publicly and, you know, he, and you could tell that Dave Checkins had been taken by surprise. So, um, I mean, I just, I always think like, what was this serious event like in the age of Twitter? Like, um, it would have just been out of, like out of control. And it was anyway. 
for for folks who haven't read it yet, especially if you're a Heat fan or even a Nick fan for that matter, okay, not everyone's perfect. Uh, you can you can check out the the oral history. It's a really great job that Katie Baker put together. It's on the Ringer.com. Finally, here, Katie. Uh, I don't think you're in New York anymore, but as someone who clearly knows knows New York and knows what's going on uh, around there, how do they feel about Pat Riley these days? Like, do they kind of realize, man, we we really miss that guy, or is is he still Pat the Rat? I think it's kind of. I mean, at, at this point, it's hard not to just truly respect what he's done. You know, winning multiple championships with different iterations of teams is kind of, to me, like the hallmark of, you know, an all-time great, um, you know, executive and. But, um, you know, I think for Nick fans, it's like it, it kind of just makes you anything that has to do with those 90s teams is just a, a horrible reminder of what has happened since. Um, and I think like Frank Isola had a tweet, something like along the lines of, you know, in their entire organizational history, the Knicks have like, what, two championships. And since he left the Knicks, Pat Riley's got three. So um, that's kind of, you know, no one can really be that like anti Pat Riley, it's more of like a reminder of how bleak our situation continues to be. It's a uh, it, it's it's a great job, Katie. We appreciate you joining us here. And any, anytime you want to write about like heat in the '90s or even early 2000s, uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm right here. You can get you know a, a perspective from me, and and I'll go on the record anything you want to know. Well, you know, maybe maybe next year I'll write the 20 year remembrance of uh, the second meeting with that with that fight. There you go. That's right, Larry Johnson, Alonzo Morning coming to blows. I'm ready. I'll wait for your phone call. <laughs> we're we're all set up. Thanks a lot, Katie. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Great job. All right, thanks, guys. All right, that's Katie Baker right there on the Ringer.com again. If you, especially if you're a young Heat fan, check out the story. It's 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 really how how about that James Dolan? Can you imagine Mickey Harrison, that James Dolan, the owner of the Knicks, were after that year after the fight. At the beginning of training camp, he walks into training camp. What a peach this guy is. He walks into training camp, tells the whole team, he holds them all personally responsible mm-hmm. for not winning a championship last year, mm-hmm. that this better not happen again with the fighting. And guess what? It happened again mm-hmm. that year. They fought again. Larry Johnson and Alonzo Mourning fought. Uh, it's, it's a really cool story. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.